Technorama episode 729, embarking on a kaleidoscope journey through the multiverse of geekdom. That sounded like something of a reading rainbow or something. <laughs> Welcome to Techdrama. Yes. This is the show that takes a lighthearted look at tech, science, sci-fi, and all things geek. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And if you're returning, welcome back. We appreciate you giving us your time. My name is Chuck Tomasi from sunny Phoenix, Arizona. And with me is Craig Stepp. How are you, Craig? I'm doing good. Is Looks this like the first gonna... first show in a few weeks, couple of weeks? Um end of october was our last or before halloween because actually our question of the week was about oh yeah uh, holiday that's, halloween tradition so it's coming up why so, did yeah, we have a show and, last week oh you were you were on your you had just gotten back from something or you needed to spend some family time that's what it was i was spending a little family time before i took off this week okay, and, or, okay. not took off but uh and last week i <laughs> And a work trip, so that's what I was getting at. Bye, honey. I'm going out to get some milk. That's what my dad said before he <laughs> left, too. I'm going to get a pack of cigarettes. I'll be back. <laughs> we covered that story years ago. The guy who said he was yeah. going out to get cigarettes, and he went to, what, Russia to watch the yeah. soccer <laughs> tournament or something? Like, yeah. And he's from Brazil or Argentina or something. Wow. That was yeah. That was really rude. Anyway. Hey, I do have I do have something I want to talk about real quick before yes. we move on. So, um, I saw something really cool this week, and I don't know if you saw it. It was a product announcement from a company called Humane AI. Did you see that little badge that they came out with? No. So, I, at first, I thought when I saw this, I went, oh, this is cool. I kind of wanted one to try it. It sticks to your shirt. Um, it's like a square pin. It looks um, about the size of like a, a Starfleet insignia you know, or Delta Shield that you would wear on a uniform, right? Right. But it has um it has mobile connectivity through T-Mobile. It has no screen, but you can control you, you put your hand out in front of yourself and it has a laser that'll show the controls of maybe some music or the time, that kind of stuff on your okay. on your hand. I'm like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." And uh, you can take pictures with it. You can ask it uh, it doesn't listen for voice prompts. You have to touch it. Uh, it will uh, directly contact J- chat GPT and come back with responses for you. And I thought that's kind of interesting. Then I started thinking after a while, I went, wait a minute. What if I wanted something like that, but just directly connected to my phone? Because sometimes I want Google maps and other things on a bigger screen that you wouldn't get on this device. And then I went, wait, I got, I do have something that's my, my watch <laughs> yeah you know because i can i have google assistant on here i got the time i can install apps uh and i went yeah i already got that so i will nice i even played i even played with uh so i'm going on a trip to germany and i was playing with doing uh uh translations with google assistant on the watch and it was it was doing it you can even put it in interpreter mode i was like i'm not gonna talk to anybody through my watch but um <laughs> but you can do it. But I was like, so uh, I was like, so uh, I don't see any point to really that device unless just you just want to have some connectivity without a screen. So maybe because watches are basically extensions of your phone screen. Yeah. I mean, again, you'd have a little screen on here, but you know, I pared down all my n- notifications, just, just what I want on my watch. 
So it's not like I'm getting every notification. I'm, I would drive my, my wrist nuts. So I have pretty much no notifications on my watch. Yeah, it it does mean, get, drive my wrist nuts. Right. Well, yeah, there's, I'm paring them down probably more so, but I get like text messages no. you know, from, no. from my family. No, from my family. No. And yes. On my I, phone I do, but not on well, my, not on my watch. Well, I turn off the notif. I turn off the sound on my phone. So if my wife texts me, I, I can get, she can get me or. Right. Um, sometimes, uh, like the, uh, wise devices are. You know, so somebody's coming to the door, I get that kind of notification, but uh, but emails and all that kind of stuff, I don't. Hey, while I was out, or while we were out not doing a show, yeah, uh, Donna well, and I while did, we weren't podcasting, Donna and I did did uh, get over to Belgium to see Yorga. That's right. I wanted to ask you about that a little bit more. Yes. So what, how'd me, it go? I will show you a picture. Let me get to this screen layout here. Oh, what's going on? Add to stage. There we go. So proof that Yorga is a real person and does exist. There <laughs> yeah, there he is. So there's there's a big long story about how British Airways lost our luggage and uh, we eventually oh, did really? get it back. It was yeah. I won't tell you the story here, but it was not pleasant. Uh, it we didn't even have checked luggage. They took our carry on. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, we got to London Heathrow. They said. This lady comes up and says, oh, we're checking all bags with wheels. Well, that pretty much includes everybody. And then we got on the plane. And, and after I handed it off, I said, I got a bad feeling about this. And of course, my little luggage tag was in my backpack with me, uh, not in yep. the carry-on. Because oh. we thought, we knew there was a luggage handler strike in London. So we purposely oh. did not take checked bag. Uh. So we did everything in a carry-on. And then they took it. And I went, I got I a bad feeling about this, and it didn't show up in Belgium. So mm. we got it back Monday morning on our way back. But right. they, Donna did get hers Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening, and I got mine mm. Monday morning. So there was yeah, there was some stuff in there that I did not want to lose. So you went through the trouble to get those trackers, but it wasn't in the on the thing that you needed to track. <laughs> no, because I thought I was going to have everything on me the whole time. Yeah, no, I understand. Um, yeah, but that one time I put it, uh, I need more. Uh, I'm just going to get with more. consent. I did put a tracker in my wife's bag when her and my son were going off on a trip together and I could see, I said, Oh, they landed in, uh, New York. Yep. I said, let me see where the bag's at. Oh, Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> so sure enough, it wasn't that the tracker was faulty. It was literally in Nashville. And the guy said, was telling my wife, there's really nothing I could do. And then he, she goes, yes, sir, well, is. my husband, she goes, my husband said it's in Nashville. And he went, oh, he's got a tracker on it. Come with me. And they, they worked it out. But, you know. Yeah. Airlines are really going to have to step up their game now that people are tracking their luggage. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, well, actually, what some, some airlines were going to outlaw those little trackers. And like, it's not just the airlines, it's the airports, and there's mm-hmm. a luggage handler, like a delivery agency that, that steps in, too. So I I was optimistic, Craig, when they when they sent the message and said, your luggage has been delayed, it'll be on the next flight. Great. Walked up to a kiosk, scanned the two luggage tags, the claim checks, got a ticket number, 
I was checking the British Airways dashboard the entire time it was the, the bags were missing. And it, yeah. every time on my phone, it said, we don't know where your bags are. We're still looking for them. Even after we got Donna's back on Sunday night, it still said both are missing. Now, keep in mind, when we yeah. were tracking this, at one point, I got an email and I got a message that says, oh, we found your silver bag. Mine. Donna's is green. So the okay. whole time we're expecting a silver bag to show up. We get to the hotel Sunday night. It's a green bag. These people <laughs> couldn't find their ass with both hands. I swear. <laughs> yeah, they. It, wow. And, and it, we got to the airport Monday morning. I said, "I'm looking for my lost bag." The guy goes, "Clickety clickety click into the computer." He says, "Oh, you're looking for the green one?" <laughs> no. <laughs> We were. He said, I'm looking for the silver one. Here's the number. Ends with 553. Clickety-click. I can't find it in the computer. But you're welcome to come in the back room and look around. Oh, my God. I bet that's crazy. I found it. Sitting there with the claim number on it. Yes. It it was ridiculous, Craig. And and even after I got it back, it still said, we don't, we don't know where your bags are. I'll bet I could look that up right now on British Airways website, and it'll still say, we don't know where your bags are. Yeah. It was really disappointing. Fine. And the whole time I'm thinking, I work for service now. I can fix this. And I was I'm literally starting to write the app in my head that weekend. Well, the th- yes, but the, the problem is you got to scan them, and not somebody, somebody didn't do that. Sounds like. How did they get one and not the other? They both got taken from us at London Heathrow. They both maybe. got to Wait, Brussels. You said they were going on strike, so maybe they scanned one before the strike and then walked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> strike in progress. They both got to Brussels. They both had the same claim number on them. When mm-hmm. I found it in the back room, it still had a sticker on it that said BRUBA 52065. That's right. the claim number. I don't think That's I'll forget funny, yeah. that till the day I die. Right. And it said date expired because when they, when they, when you get to the kiosk, it says, where are you going and how long will you be there? Because I didn't want it delivered to Brussels or the hotel in Ghent if I was already back in London. So I said, I'm right. going to be there yeah. through Sunday. Donna's got through. Mine didn't. These are on the same ticket. Yeah. They should have what stayed together. I, it, was, it was really bizarre, Craig. And the fact mm-hmm. that it was labeled and they didn't know where it was. It was just ridiculous. I I, yeah. I just went, thanks for hanging on to my bag for the last two days. Yeah. But uh, imagine that story if you had that tracker in your luggage and you were able to set it off. I would have been able to say, hey, it's in the Brussels airport. But you know what? Nobody could have found it. No, I was saying if you, he said, well, go in the back, you can look. And then you were able to connect to it and hit the ringer. That would have been awesome. It would have been kind of quiet inside a suitcase. Well, it's a pretty big room. But if it's connected to you, you'd know it's close by. Yeah, I, I would have known. Yeah, and and it, it, I'm I'm not going to get into the whole yeah, thing. I got. I, I'm going to put my two trackers and. I'm going to get three. more. That's uh, okay. that's this year's Christmas present. Is a couple more yeah. air tags for Donna. A couple more smart tags for me. Yeah, I'm. Uh, we're traveling when we'll have three bags. I got at least two trackers. So I'm going to use. I'm just going to throw them in at least two bags. So um, we're doing air. We're doing. Carry on, but we'll see what happens. I don't know. Yep. All right, let's uh, let's do the question of the week. Letters. Oh, we get letters. We get your letters every day. Mail, man, mail, man, mail today. Read your 
pull one out. Those letters, I love those letters. Let's find out what you've got to say. Oh boy! Mailman, mail today. You can probably take down the pre-show banter sign. There we go. Oh. And we do have a comment. It says, Comedy Forecast, first time listener here. <laughs> first time listener. Hey, ring. I wish we had a cowbell. He's been <laughs> subscribed for 18 years, but this is the first time he's actually listened. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm unsubscribing right. today. Our question of the week for you a few weeks ago was, what's your go-to Halloween tradition or costume? Yeah, and we know Halloween is over, but we can still relive it. We're, we're, we're in Christmas denial. Yeah. Steve Lennon says, well, we don't or we didn't when I was a kid have Halloween in the same way as you do, quote, over there. Mm -hmm. This is something that has escalated in the last 15 years or so. Uh, An American friend threw a Halloween party like 30 years ago in the early 90s. So what? I just said, wow. Oh, 30 years. So we're a bunch of people going and trawled through the city on a subway. I was dressed up as a samurai and then (laughs) girlfriend as a geisha. We ended up having the cops called on us and we both had swords. There were wooden ones, but still. (laughs) Yeah. was a bit tricky to explain and talk our way out of that. But I often just put on a blue coverall and put on a Mike Myers mask, easy as pie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, But don't walk down the sidewalk with that on. Yeah, he says, not not unless it's Halloween. Not, yeah, yeah, don't do right. that just Tuesday night. Uh, yeah. One of my friends came as a ninja, and we both were active in Bushido and ended up having a drunk sword fight on a subway uh-huh. on the way home in fake Japanese. <laughs> no police involved. <laughs> yeah, right. That's funny. Uh, ben Raggeton says, our tradition is to be out of the house. Nice. Good to hear from you, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Hope all is going well. Haven't haven't talked to them in a while, but we'll get together soon. Kyle Nishioka yeah. says, swapping the good leftover candy at the office with the bad leftover candy from home. <laughs> right. Uh, Stephen Weshy says, Stephen Weshy says, uh, we sit in the front of my house with a fire pit handing out candy. That's actually what my family does. Uh, I normally protect uh, project movies. It says say protect um, project movies on the side of the house. In the past, we would hand out hot dogs along with candy. I'm sorry, I was thinking both of them together. You know, <laughs> drop right. the hot dog in the bag. Yeah. You want some ketchup yeah. with that? <laughs> and then just then just dump, dump it. Out we used to do that too. We were getting kids ready for Thanksgiving. Here's some mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The gravy's next uh. door. Yeah, but he said he, he quit doing that because of uh, COVID. So my favorite story is the rest. Uh, my favorite story is the rest frozen. Was when the movie Frozen came out, I played that. When Let It Go came on in my yard, filled with six to twelve year old, twelve kids dressed, dressed as Elsa, Elsa. <laughs> and and, uh, and we were having a sing along. Sadly, oh, tr- or treat events on Halloween are killing Halloween around here. I think I'm seeing the same thing here. Yep. Uh, we used to get around 125 kids. Wow. Now they get about 50 to 75, which it's probably about the same here. Um, we ended up stop. We were sitting in the front of our yard, uh, driveway, excuse me, handing out candy. And we had a good time talking to some of the parents and kids that were coming by. And then um, it, it was a little cool that night. So we, you know, we went and stopped a little early and uh, there were later on, there were some kids, a lot of kids out, but 
I think the trunk or treats are changing that way. And actually, it's probably a little safer. I don't know. It is. It is. Yeah, I know a number of people that do that and businesses. Yeah. Our church does that. Yes. All right. Lots I got some over on mine. Eric Miller says, I have to change up every year. The kids call me out. <laughs> Mister, you dressed up as a nerd last year. It's not a costume. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Jack Mangan says, Arthur Dent. He just puts a towel on. Come on. I <laughs> a robe and a towel. Yeah. Hey. Tiffany says, this is 100% accurate. It's so cute. <laughs> his wife, his wife backs him up on yeah. this. That's nice. That's right. Mark Hammond says, costume, regular clothes with a signer badge that says nudist on strike or That's a full body suit as a shadow of my former self. I like that. That's pretty good. My, my sister did a creative one like that one time. She put a, uh, a box over her head with like a cutout in the top. So her head was sticking out of this cardboard box. And mm-hmm. then she had a little lamp and like a little book on top of this. And she just says, I'm a one night stand. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's funny. Oh boy. Hey, I did see one family came through and they were, the dad had a, it looked like, um, like it had lung suspenders kind of thing, but he was, it was a school bus. He was hanging off his shoulders. And then I looked over at his wife and I went, Oh, magic school bus. She was Miss Frizzle and ah. had their kids. And they I'm I'm telling you, she could pull it off. She she really looked like Miss Frizzle. Um, and they were, you know, they had a good time. And what was funny was Kim is really good at this part. She was remembering these families, and she's like, Oh, we, uh, I remember when uh you just had one kid, now you got you know, two or uh, and the, she almost remember their names. I'm like, how do you remember all these people? You know, we see them Especially at Halloween. They're in costume. Yeah. Yeah. In a costume. Yeah. She's doing it. That's why I keep her around. Maybe right? they stop in at the flower shop or something. <laughs> Maybe. All right. That's our question of the week. We'll have more for you at the end of the show. And you'll have plenty of time to think about the next one. Let's go into the history. On this day in history for November 15, 2023, this is the 319th day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. There are a scant 46 days remaining in 2023. Yeah, it was the shopping. Yeah, it was on this date in 1806 as part of the Pike Expedition that Lieutenant Zebulon Pike spotted a spot? What is that a I word? I don't know. I must <laughs> spot. <laughs> Fix that to spot it, please. A mountain peak, he spotted a mountain peak well near Colorado foothills of the Rocky Mountains. It was later named Pike's Peak in honor of Captain Pike's hairdo. (laughs) Right. And also today in 1965, Craig Breedlove set a land speed record of 600.601 miles per hour. That's 966.574 kilometers an hour. In his car, the Spirit of America at the Bonneville Salt Flats in Utah. Good thing he wasn't driving his Pontiac Bonneville over... Never mind. November 15, 1966 is project part of Project Gemini, or Gemini. Gemini. The Gemini 12 completed the program's final mission when it splashed down safely in the Atlantic Ocean. And it was also this date in 1968 that the Cleveland Transit System became the first transit system, move your cursor please, in the Western Hemisphere (laughs) to provide direct rapid transit service 
from a city's downtown to its major airport. Irritating, isn't it? <laughs> no, it was just in my way. Intel <laughs> released the world's first commercial single-chip microprocessor, the 4004, on this date in 1971. <laughs> and that same date in 1988, the in the Soviet Union, the unscrewed not unscrewed shuttle? how about uncrewed <laughs> no wait 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 uh actually the that that shuttle actually was screwed <laughs> the uncrewed shuttle uh baron was uh made only made its only space flight smooth craig smooth wait actually i, I was thinking I didn't remember it actually making a, a space flight but i guess it did okay because they left all the screws unscrewed apparently <laughs> so it was in the Soviet Union. It was screwed. I've seen pictures of it. So on this date in 2001 that Microsoft launched the Xbox game console. And it was also on this date in 2022 that the world population reached 8 billion. Where's Thanos when you need him? <laughs> Happy birthday goes out on this date to German English astronomer and composer William Herschel. Born in the state in 1738. I think he's the one who found Uranus, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yes, I think you're right. And Michael Chalet, the French mathematician, Agnac, I'm sorry. Smooth, Craig, smooth. <laughs> how, how many years ago was he born? 230 years ago today. Mary E. Bird, the American astronomer and educator, was born on the same date in 1849. Excuse me, I was trying to get something to drink there. American computer scientist, roboticist, and academic, Cynthia Brazil was... Is 56 today. English American actor Johnny Lee Miller was born on the state in 1972. Yeah. Now, we didn't have a show the last couple of weeks, so we're going to get caught up on these because there are some very important people that we don't want to overlook. So, November 8th has three birthdays right. John Clifford, yep. Mark the Encaffeinated One, and On yep. the Drift. Yep. The 10th is John Noble from the island. Wait, that John Noble? Yes, that Mark okay. the Encaffeinated One. <laughs> Pippa from London, UK on the 13th. Also on the 13th is Jennifer Therian. Gee, that last name sounds familiar. Hmm. And on the 15th, the day this podcast goes out, Jackie Breller, which is Crazy Joe and Christina's, Christine's daughter. Yep. And Chuck Jolby, a.k.a. Nightstar from Missouri, also on the 15th. Those are our listener birthdays. If you want to get a listener birthday, Craig's going to pop a thing on the bottom of the screen for those that... May have a hearing impairment. What? It's chuckchat.com slash birthday. Go there. Put your name on there. We'll give you a shout out at the appropriate time of the year. Somebody put Bilbo Baggins and Frodo Baggins on the calendar recently. Is there, are, are their birthday, I guess their birthdays are known. I read about them. Apparently. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's canon. It's in the book. Yeah. All right. If you are not on our birthday calendar and it's your birthday this week, we wish you all the best. Happy birthday to you, and we will give you a shout-out next time around. But you got to go to chuckchat.com slash birthday. Took it off too quick. There you go. Back. There we go. There. We're just going to fade those people out. Goodbye, people. Marching band. Take a break for the next few weeks. <laughs> That's right. Um, you know what? In light of timing and the depth of this article, I don't, I'm just going to leave it in the show notes because I read it, and it was pretty heady stuff. It was. The headline yeah. is physicists simulated a black hole in the lab and then it started to glow. I originally read that as it started to grow. And I went, Well, I did too. Actually, I did too. I was like, 
oh crap, turn it off. <laughs> but what they did is they created a simulated black hole. They were trying to figure out the 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 effect of the event horizon and Hawking radiation. So they lined up, what was it like just a few electrons on mm-hmm. this? Uh, it, it, they made a one dimensional um, event horizon. Basically, it was it was kind of cool to yeah. read about it, but I really couldn't. It, I, I'll give you a taste of what this article was saying. Uh, the effect of this fake event horizon produced a rise in temperature that matched theoretical ex- expectations of an equivalent black hole system, the team said, but only when part of the chain extended beyond the event horizon. This could mean the entanglement of particles that straddle the event horizon is instrumental in generating Hawking radiation. The simulated Hawking radiation was only thermal for a certain range of hop amplitudes. I don't think those are the same ones we add to our beer, but okay. (laughs) And under simulations that began by mimicking a kind of space-time considered to be flat. This suggests that Hawking radiation may only be thermal within the range of situations. And when there is a change of the warp of space-time due to gravity. It's unclear, yeah, yeah, it's unclear to me, what this means for quantum gravity, but the model offers a way to study the emergence of Hawking radiation in an environment that isn't influenced by the wild dynamics of the formation of a black hole. So out in space, you got a lot of noise, and this helped isolate it. But mm-hmm. uh, it's, they said, this can open a venue for exploring fundamental quantum mechanical aspects alongside gravity and curved space-times in various condensed matter settings. Hey, wasn't the... Wasn't this one of the uh, the things they were hoping to avoid with the Large Hadron Collider? Or Making the, black holes? Worried about making a black hole and then swallowing the Earth? Sure. And they were also <laughs> afraid that the atomic bomb would set the atmosphere on fire. Yeah. Well, yeah. That didn't happen. You know, back watching um, uh, a movie, a um, movie, uh, what's his name? Uh, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Watching Oppenheimer when they when they mentioned that about they're like well there's a couple of things that could happen. I remember thinking, wow, back then that would be scary to think that when you didn't know at all. Yeah, you know? I yeah. had they they said yes, it's a possibility, but it's so so insignificant that it's it's not <laughs> yeah. even. What was the guy said? He goes, uh, oh, Matt Damon's character. He's like, so you're not saying zero? No, <laughs> not saying zero. <laughs> Yeah. No. So I just had a uh, a random call come yeah. in. You know how the spammers like to try and call you from you, the same area code as your phone. Yes. Try and trick I've seen you. That I I just had one from the nine two zero area code. Somebody still thinks I live in Wisconsin. And uh, yeah. when we were at a conference in New York this past week, one of my coworkers, Christy, her phone rings, and I, I go, she goes, "Oh, it's just a spammer." I say, "Give me the phone." <laughs> yeah give me the phone so i said hello and it's really loud because we're on the show floor and there's just a ton of noise and they go hello i said yes is this christy no this is mm-hmm. her assistant <laughs> right i'm not her assistant oh i'm calling about the property at 117 blah 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 and, and i said christy you got a house for sale she says yes I said, okay uh, are you interested hey, wait, in selling? You should have said something like, "Is that the one with the the bodies under it?" I, I, I said, "Are you?" I, I said, "It's very hard to hear." I'm at a realtor convention, so <laughs> <laughs> you gotta 
<laughs> I'm going to record some background noise of, of various things like a bar or a conference yeah. or people screaming in the background just for future calls. And and they said, oh, I said, what are you offering? How much, you, are you? How much are you offering for the house? She goes, no, I'm asking how much do you, how much do you want? And I said, uh, current price is four and a half million. Click. Right. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, they hung up. Well, they didn't even try. Christy, Christy's <laughs> jaw was on the floor. She goes, if you'd gotten me four and a half million, I would have given you some. I said, yeah, yeah. My, my rate is 5%. So, you know, cool two yeah. and a quarter. I thought she was going to say, like, I'd go home and pack now. She said, wait a minute. Were they asking about 117, blah, blah, blah? Or were they asking about 230, blah, blah, blah? I said 117. She goes, oh, good. I, and you wouldn't have sold the current house for two, four and a half million? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so right. a, a few hours later, my phone rings and she answers it. She goes, hello. Hello. Click. <laughs> my people don't even answer. And it, it's like, wow. I can't even get my spam people to engage. They must know. But it's like, they don't, they never leave voicemail, but they never talk. Mm-hmm. Like right. worst spammers ever. Right. So yeah, have some fun with these people. When you have a moment, it's, I, I don't encourage it all the time. Yeah, usually... When you start answering the phone though, they know it's a live number. Oh Yeah. Then we'll have some fun. I'm so glad you called. I've been stuck in the trunk of this car. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I do. I have gotten calls with my area code and I'm like, I have to think twice. Yep. And actually yep. the other day, uh, I was in, uh, I was out of town for work and I had, I just went to the, like the breakfast bar. So I had some food yeah. in one hand and the phone was ringing another I was like, what is this? And I answered it. I went ahead and answered it. And it was a security code. Kim was trying to uh, use one of our cards and it wanted a confirmation code. So I'm like, how do I write this down? I can't, you know, trying to. Your uh, security sorry. number is 5623184327541552163411311112 Okay, okay, we got it. We got it. <laughs> well, that's easy to remember. Hey, well, good thing I I had my um my books <laughs> tablet with me cuz yeah. I was able to pop it open and immediately start writing. Cuz I had it I had it on an old note. Yep. So I just was able to scribble it on there. It was like, wow, it's just like a paper. Very nice. Notebook. Yeah. All right. Let's let's jump into the hacks and strange hey, Speaking stories. of brevity, we may have to skip something else. <laughs> uh the the pink pond in Hawaii? Mm, let's go ahead and talk about it real quick. Okay. So there's a uh, wildlife refuge in Maui that mm-hmm. has this sort of holding pond, retention pond, if you will. And it turned pink. Not because of the Barbie movie or any prank. There's a, they're not really sure why, but they're doing some testing. They think it's a thing called halobacteria. I saw this come up on like, CNN. And it is very bubblegum pink. It is, like Pepto-Bismol pink. Yeah. So don't, but don't drink it. And the, the, the people that work there are like, well, we wish they were coming here to learn about the wildlife sanctuary, but hey. They're here to just take selfies with the pink water. That's okay, too. At least it gets them here. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Maybe it was a publicity stunt. It's where they buried all the dead kins. Uh, no. <laughs> also in the strange news is yes. a story about a chimera monkey. So they mixed a whole bunch of DNA together, and this monkey had green eyes and glowing fingertips. 
That's not scary at all. Yeah, no kidding. So they, they grew this thing in the lab. Now, normally, because of the competing DNA and whatnot, these, these often don't even make it to birth, let alone a little bit after. This one lasted a whole 10 days. Uh, and I was wondering, why are they doing this? And they said at yeah. the e- very end of the article, mm-hmm. uh, it says, the research could help scientists better understand the early stages of stem cell differentiation in primates, which is not nearly as well studied as mice. The study deepens our understanding of the development potential of pluripotent stem cells in primate species. I thought this was the one that was looking at neurological things. That might have been a different story. Oh, maybe, because I thought it was the same thing. Yeah. Didn't, but it's an interesting, I thought it was interesting that they ended up with the glowing fingertips, especially. I mean, the eyes yeah. are one thing, but. There it is. Specifically, this work could help us generate more precise monkey models. <laughs> <laughs> Going down the runway. Uh, I'm okay. too sexy for this monkey suit. Anyway, yeah. uh, for studying this neurological diseases as well as other biomedicine studies. So they are doing this. But it raises a whole bunch of ethical questions. Uh, but they said that the information gained out of this uh, outweighs the... Because you know, these aren't like naturally born monkeys. They're lab grown. Not very well done, though. But it is life, so you know you gotta you gotta respect that too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just the fluorescent fingertips, though. I just I'm like where'd that come that from? That sounds but, like straight out of a comic book. Well, I remember uh, there was it was a, again it was a long time ago. We may have talked about it. Isn't that how Mojo was, Jojo they, was born? Who from the Powerpuff Girls? Yeah, exactly. I am Mojo Jojo. No, but there was a, they remember there was a, uh, uh, a fluorescent fish and they took some of the DNA, mixed it with a mammal and they ended up with glowing, uh, uh, properties like that. So I don't know. It just seems a little Frankenstein-y to me. Clinton says that, uh, the pink water has happened in other places as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. The article does go on to mention that as, uh, as well. They had, at number Perhaps one. his own koi pond. Uh, pink koi. <laughs> okay, quick shout out to the chat room. Comedy forecast. Next segment. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I couldn't even get the banner up. <laughs> you could. You can watch us live Sunday nights at eight thirty p.m. If you happen to be around Eastern time, yeah. that is. There you go. We're okay. happy. Yeah, that was the quickest. <laughs> shout out to the shout out to the chat room. Comedy forecast. Good to see you. All right, and next we give a shout out to the patronizers. No, the patrons. Yeah. That's it. Hold on. There we go. Got to get our patron music. Thank you to Alexis Duran, Ember Elstad, Amy Bowen, Abner Braverman, Ben Vaughn, Brian Brown, Chris Martinez, Chris MC, Dandyman Coyer, Dean Jensen, Denise Inglis, Gary Lindros, John Clifford, John Noble, Yorgos Rowan, blank. Uh, Crazy Joe fell off the map this week. We're not sure where he went, but... No, no. We wish him well and returning soon. Kyle Nishioka, Leon, Mark Kilfoyle, Brad Miller, Mike Wills, Saturday Morning Media, Stephen Weshey, Steve Cody, Steve Therian, Steve Webb, Steve London, and Tim Cook. The t-shirts are in the mail. I sent out three of them on Friday. I sent one from London a week earlier because it's cheaper to send London to Aberdeen than it is from Phoenix to Aberdeen. That's a good, uh, that's good, yeah. But uh, still had to pay through the nose to get Steve's. That's all right. It's in the budget, and we appreciate all the contributions you do to this show. So, and Craig, yours is coming when we visit 
at the end of the month when you get back from Germany. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So yes. that one for you. Woohoo! If you want to be a patron, you head over to patreon.com slash Technorama Podcast for as little as a dollar a show. You get your name and a shout out. You get a postcard. And if you up level, you might get one of those t-shirts we talked about. So we'd love to send you one next year. If you join this year, you can't just like join for a week and then cancel. It's not Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> not Spotify. It's not Netflix, buddy. Yeah. I'm just going to binge this thing and get my t-shirt and leave. All right. Where were we? We were on Pass Me the Remote. Yes? Oh, yes. Hand it over. Bring it. I don't have a remote, but you can have this air conditioning controller. Oh, wait. Wrong arm. <laughs> still. Still the wrong arm. Okay. What have you been watching the last All right, few weeks? So, just last week, um, they uh, on Disney Plus, they aired the last episode to Loki Season 2. Yes. And I must tell you, that is uh, probably one of the finest things I've seen on the MCU or Marvel area for a long time. Tom Hiddleston, Owen Wilson, everybody on that show really knocked it out of the park and did a nice, uh, ended a nice character arc for Loki. And I'm not saying he's necessarily done Mm -hmm. in the MCO, but where they put him, it was like, uh, it was fantastic. I don't want to give away too much because it just ended, but wow, it was, it was great. And the performances were great. The visuals were great. The story was fantastic. It was, that was a, it was well worth watching it. Very good. Yeah. Uh, I watched one. <laughs> so I, I I got a couple new jokes for you. I have to set this one up. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, there, I, I met a woman who said, I can tell you the score of any game before it even starts. <laughs> I know this one. Do you? What's the answer? Zero, zero. Right. Okay. <laughs> now I have a new one that I came up with. Okay. So I said, I saw, pick your favorite movie star, in this case, Willem Dafoe, on okay. an airplane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, was, I was on the flight back from London, and there, right in front of me, was Willem Dafoe. But then the movie ended, and I had to watch a different movie. (laughs) 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 I see a lot of stars on airplanes. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's what I was was watching. By the way, is he really your favorite? Huh? No, I'm just making... I I just picked that one because that's a recent movie I watched on an airplane. Uh, A movie called Inside. It's it's almost... uh, It has a vibe of... uh, What was the Tom Hanks movie? Castaway. Oh, right. he's, he's he he goes in to rob this priceless art from some guy, rich guy artist's apartment, and he gets locked in, and all the windows are bulletproof, and he doesn't have a gun; he's got a knife. Mm-hmm. Uh, the security alarm is just blaring, and he first thing is shut off the security alarm. There isn't any water; all the faucets are shut off, and he's in there for hours. And then okay. days, and then the security start system system starts going wacko and heats the place up to about 105 Fahrenheit. Oh no! And then oh, it gosh. starts shutting it down to about 46 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's it's really whacked. And it, it like Castaway, there's not a whole lot of dialogue in this, um, right? But it's it's interesting to watch him go from problem to problem, and uh, you know there's some pretty gross parts like. 
if there's no water, how do you go to the bathroom? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. It 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 was it was pretty good. I mean, if you're in for the long haul movie, you're not looking for a lot of action. You're not looking for a lot of violence. Uh, it's it's interesting, and he does a good job of it. He does a good job mm-hmm. of it. So Inside right. is the name of that movie. I believe that's a 2023 film. What else you got? Well, I thought I'd throw this in here because it's brand new, and I think uh, everybody's had time to talk about it now, but it was the Now and Then, the song, the last song from the Beatles. I heard about oh. this. I have not heard the song yet. Oh, it's on Spotify. You can go play it. Um, it's actually on YouTube. You can go listen to cool. it. Cool. Um, I think uh, I, I asked Clinton about it because I know Clinton is a Beatles fan, mm-hmm. and I asked him what his opinion was, and I think we're kind of in the same boat. Uh, I'm glad it exists, but at the same time, did it need to be? I don't know. But I mean, it was it was great hearing it and hearing uh, John Lennon sing again. But, you know, I think there was probably not enough George to, you know, to say it was all four of them. I don't know. It was just kind of Lucy because in the 90s, they worked on it some. But the problem was on the demo tape that John Lennon was singing on. Mm hmm. I don't know where his microphone was at, but the piano was overpowering his voice. Mm. And you and you can hear the original one also on YouTube. Uh, but they used AI. Peter Jackson did because when they did the um, the whole um, uh, the Beatles uh, movie, you know, the Get Back. Yeah, they did recently. Uh, they used some technology to to break out some of that stuff using AI. Well, they did break out John Lennon's voice and the piano so they could mix it. Wow. I was, it was amazing to hear how, how well that worked, but the song's okay. I enjoyed it. I like it, but, uh, you know, again, I'm glad it exists, but it, you know, it's probably the best Beatles song. That was the other thing Clinton said, you know, not every Beatles song was a masterpiece. <laughs> it sounds like a B side kind of thing. It's a little bit, but, uh, but it was good to hear. And, uh, so ultimately I liked it, but, you know, didn't blow my socks off uh, like some things I've heard. It, it almost reminds me of, um, what was it? Several years after John Lennon had passed, they released an album with some of his demo tapes, that are unfinished works that they finished up. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't know. It just didn't have the same yeah. impact. I think I was more impressed by how well the AI was able to separate those elements. Sure. You know, that was, that was kind of opening. Um, and there's like a, there's like a little documentary that came out on Wednesday. The song came out on Thursday and on Friday, what did they do on Friday? They did something else on Friday. Anyway, so you can watch the documentary before it came out and you'll see it. You'll hear the, the separation, the difference it was, it was my day. Yeah. I will look for so, it. There you go. Uh, my second one is an, ep- a series. It was four five, five parts. Uh, I started to see, watch this. Called Life yeah. on Our Planet, narrated mm-hmm. by Morgan Freeman. So you know it's good. I was originally expecting something like a David Attenborough, <laughs> you know, a Blue Planet thing. Where, it, mm-hmm. But this goes through history. They, they yes. jump around a little bit because they're talking about the different dynasties of animals and adaptability. They talk about you know, the jellyfish were the dominant species here because they were the first ones who could swim. And, and not be anchored to the floor. They, they talked about the cephalopods they t- and, and they'd go back and forth a little bit, show you current versions of, of what these were. Uh, it was interesting. They said, what was it? 99% of all species that have ever lived on earth are now extinct. 
Yes. So we're looking, the, the, and you think about the variety of life we have right now. There mm-hmm. were five major extinction events. Obviously, the asteroid was one of them, you know, mm-hmm. 65, 66 million years ago. That was number five. <laughs> so yeah. There's, oh, yeah. there's been a lot of things. And for the most part, except for that one, uh, most of them were natural occurrences. Like all of a sudden the volcanoes went nuts and this global temperature rose and things caught on fire. Mm-hmm. But they were all of the earth. That one was of space. Now we've got a new dimension coming in and it's like, it's of mankind. We are... <laughs> We're the next existential level. Of we it. are we are working <laughs> on number six right now. Yeah, and and every other time, anywhere from seventy five to ninety percent of all species went extinct in these mm-hmm. mass extinction events. Like, oh, goody! Yeah. This is the one where everything is really CG. Is uh, but much of it, uh, yes. I mean, yeah, obviously, it looks you're not realistic. Yeah, it does. It's it's mm-hmm. amazing. It, it's uh, there are even some scenes where it's combined like am i looking at something cg yeah i think they combine like a scene like scenery like forest or something but then they but then the and then they the drop in a t-rex in there going That's yeah pretty darn good and the shadowing and the lighting yeah. and then mm-hmm. they'll they'll cut to something more modern going here are you know coates like are these real coates or are these cg coates i i don't know and i can't tell and i don't care so you can really get immersed in the in the in the landscapes and the worlds that they paint. Right. Yeah. It was very cool. And, and say it makes it easier to visualize what some of these things look like. Yeah. And when you think of, uh, what was it? The giant armadillos in South America, they were the, as big as a car. They weren't segmented shells either. It was like one big monolithic shell. Mm-hmm. And, and if somebody attacked, they just basically sat down and it was a house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But th- the scientists have to recreate all of this from flat, you know, because when these things mm-hmm. died, whether it was in a flood or whatever, and it was fossilized, all of that got compressed and flattened out and shattered. So they're trying to put this all back together. That must have just been amazing to go, wow, look at the way these things connect. And in some cases, you don't have the full skeleton or it was it was really interesting. They, they, they talked about, uh, you know, in the asteroid event, there were a few things that just barely eked through the mammals being one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the birds, they were, they were a branch of the dinosaur family and the feathered avian species barely eked it through. And now the, you know, he was saying today, the, the birds have conquered the seas. Dinosaurs never conquered the seas. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. think about penguins, you know? Yeah. Penguins yeah. or, um, that's right. Uh, is it gannets? One of the ones that, you know, they, they fly above the water and then they dive right into the bait ball or the, the ball of fish, you know, just going 90 miles an hour. Tucking oh yeah. Go, I like how the sharks, um, get them going Yeah, and kind of whip them up. And then you got the birds at the top. Yeah. So it well, was, I'm it was like, really interesting yeah. how they went from family to family to family of, mm-hmm. of different species. And, you know, obviously the reptiles are in there. Uh, but there are some that also, you know, compl- uh, they show that when they, when they transition, they show that timeline at the bottom Yes, and it gives you a little better view of, oh, this was only this far, you know, time. I know they tell you that the years, but um, you can kind of visualize, oh, this is a good bit of span of time or just a little bit, yep. you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. And they bring you to major events like, oh, then, you know, things thawed out or things heated up or this is about the time when, uh, you know, feathered raptors were around. So it was it was kind of cool that way. I, I love yeah. me a good nature show. Yeah. Now, I started watching. I didn't watch them all, but I um, it's worth it. totally come back and finish it. What's 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 on your list? Okay, so the next thing I watched, we watched it just last night, was A Haunting in Venice, which is a Hercule Poirot. Poirot Hercule um, Poirot! Yeah, a movie with Ken uh, Branagh. Uh, he was directing and starred in it. Okay. Just like um, Murder on the Nile and the, what was that first one? There, but there, There's like three of them now, three of these movies. Interesting. I enjoyed it. Uh, the it's. I'll read the little blurb here. It says, sure. now retired and living in self-imposed exile in the world's most glamorous city Perot uh, reluctantly attends a se- uh, seance and a decaying in a decaying uh, haunted palazzo uh, he soon gets thrust into the center of world sinister world of shadows and secrets when one of the guests get murdered so he start he goes out of a uh, friend asked him to come to a, se- a seance and he starts to look at it and observe that he's starting to figure out how some of the fakery is going on, but then it um, gets murdered and he gets kind of wrapped up into it and he decides to come out of retirement. So, um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. I wouldn't say it was the best movie ever, but I, I thought it was uh, really well done. Cool. So, I'm going to have to go watch that. It sounds really intriguing. Yeah. It's on Hulu. Um, yeah, I think it was just on Hulu where we watched it. Yep. So Clinton said about the, uh, Lennon recording. He said the cassette recorder was on top of the piano, which is why the piano is so overpowering. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was getting at. I figured it was something like that because, uh, it was, yeah, you need to, you need to listen to the original recording. Uh, the documentary is like 12 minutes long. It's not very long. It's going to sound like somebody doing a podcast into their laptop speaker or a laptop (laughs) microphone. Yeah. It wasn't much better than that. (laughs) He wasn't out to make a song. He was out to make a demo, a quick, Right. Proof of yeah. concept. And that's all we got to work with. Um, well, now everybody's, everybody's going, well, who's he singing about? Is he singing about Paul McCartney? Is he singing about his sons? You know, who knows? Mm. Um, so the so, Beatles themselves. No. Don and I finish up tonight. We finish up Shadow and Bone, season two. Uh, yes. They left it open for a season three. Don't know if that'll happen or not. But uh, I enjoyed it. I like the world they built, the the characters. Some things were, if, if you get too deep, you can pick it apart like any other show. Sure. Uh, you know, hey, he, you know, he, 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 he enlarged the, the fold, this you know, black evil space, over the fort. Why did he only cover half the fort? Why is the back half sticking out in a normal space? <laughs> right. Like, uh, oh, that didn't make any sense. Uh, but anyway, th- we finished that one up, enjoyed it very much. That was on Netflix. Started another one. Uh, Netflix has a whole bunch of new stuff coming out and I'm noticing their AI is recommending better than it has in the past. You see those little twinkle stars, you know, that it's AI generated recommendation. Right. Uh, One of them is called mysteries of the faith. I watched the first episode and they were talking about the crown of thorns. You know, the one that supposedly Jesus had on his head. I did not know that was held in Notre Dame. We were there in 2018. Didn't know it was there. The crown was there. The crown of thorns is being held wow. in Notre Dame. I did not know and that. And then either. Notre Dame caught on fire in 2019. So here's the this kicker. Here, here's huh? the kicker. They sent in the fire brigade to go retrieve it. 
but they didn't have it on the map because they said, well, if somebody wanted to steal it, they could find them. You know, they'd use the map to steal it. So, you know, this this curator, manager, what caretaker is going, well, we think it might be He's like, you're going to have to do better than that. So he, yeah, the fire guy finally finds this gray box and he goes, uh, that looks like it might be a safe. What's the code? And he's communicating from inside. You're going to bring the safe. (laughs) No, you can't. It was like mounted to the wall or something. And he said, we don't remember the code. Finally, the guy remembers the code. He opens it up. He gets out. He goes, here's the crown of thorns. He goes, oh, that's the stunt double. You know, that's it's a dummy copy. You got to go back and try again. Like, Uh. what? (laughs) So this priceless, priceless relic, they, they eventually did retrieve it. But the whole time, you know, the church could have come toppling down on top of these people. They were willing to give their life for this artifact. Now, I'm, I, I will admit I'm a Christian person and I, I, I just, I have a problem with some of these artifacts. I think it's where faith is getting subdued by the religion aspects. You know, frankly, I don't care if it's the real Shroud of Turin, if it's the real Crown of Thorns, if it's the real Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. That, you know, my faith doesn't need proof. You know, that's what that's what Doubting Thomas needed. And, yeah, so I think um, I think what you're getting at is there people are idolizing the 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 things rather than the you know, well, Christ. I mean, I can under plus you can't validate any of this stuff. If you're going, you know, so their faith in my, in my, I, I, I'm trying to figure out what's making me so wound up about this, but I think their faith (laughs) is, their faith is in the fact that this artifact is genuine. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm skeptical about that. You know, for Mm -hmm. all we know, someone in the third century could have twisted some thorns together and gone, guess what I found, you know, and, you know, then Constantine gets a hold of it and then. You know, somebody takes it from Constantinople. It's just like it. The myth has has become very big about some of these things. Now, I think we need to get Indiana Jones on the case. <laughs> no, hey. it's a, no. He's only finding things that aren't found. But <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, have you actually seen this picture of the crown of thorns? Uh huh. I had not seen it before um, until you mentioned it. And I was like. I figured there's got to be pictures on here. I mean, it's it's fascinating and all. Well, at at first I was like, what is this? And I kept, I was like, why is it gold? And I I realized that it's It's, actually in a glass tube. Yeah, it's in a glass tube. And how did it get in the glass tube? And why is it covered with gold? And, you know, just, just, it's, there's, there's at least, I think they said three or four holy grails <laughs> that claim to be four. the authentic thing Wait, which indiana jones is full of crap immediately only one, yeah, right? it immediately invalidates you know yeah. the, so it's just i it, it 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 stinks of fraud and and i don't mean to be cynical I mean, or anything i believe there there was a last supper i believe <laughs> that you know well all this christianity i don't think you have to believe this is the crown of thorns that's not what they want right that's the goal of the thing. So, I mean, if it was, that's really cool yeah. that you have a piece of history sure. of religious yeah. lore like that. But I, I just, I don't, I, I don't think so. 
I think this is interesting though. I never, like I said, I never seen it, but uh, I see now it's in a glass, like a glass tube. They got an air gas or something in there. I don't, I don't keep know. It from breaking out. Oh, and the story goes that, um, what was it? When it was in Constantinople, they would take it out every Easter and it would wither and die and then come back. It's like, come back, like sprout leaves. Cause it's not connected to anything. That would huh. be a miracle what, in I, itself. Wait, that's what Jesus did. Right. It would get resurrected <laughs> on Easter. <laughs> it was the real one. If that's true. Again, I, I'm not putting my faith in a crown of thorns. I put no. my faith elsewhere. So yeah. anyway, that's, I, I've watched one episode, kind of got me riled up. So I'm going to watch more, of course. Right. <laughs> All right. That's taking us near the end of the show. We have a couple of things in the Geek Library. For example, did you know that when uh, the ISS astronauts were out spacewalking, particularly mm-hmm. Jasmine Mogbelli and Laurel O'Hara, they were out doing a spacewalk and they dropped their tool bag. Not so much dropped yep. as drifted away. Maybe it wasn't well, tied down. It's slowly dropping. <laughs> it is slowly dropping. And mm-hmm. it's actually ahead of the ISS. You can see it with a pair of binoculars. It's about a minute ahead of the the ISS as it orbits, which is kind of tough to spot. But it's at the at its brightest, it can reach sixth magnitude, which people with really good eyesight in really dark places could see it. But of course, the best time to see the ISS is mornings and evenings because you're going to go into the Earth's shadow eventually if you yes. try looking for it. In I've the seen of it the night. in the evening and it's really good, especially when it's uh, in the sun start just starting to set. You can see it really yeah. good if you if you look if you know where to look. It's, it's kind of cool when it passes into the shadows. Like there it is, there it is, there it is gone. Just, it just yeah, disappears just in the middle of the sky. But yep. the bag, that tool bag, is uh, it is visible for a while, but eventually it will lose orbit and burn up in the atmosphere. Right. Right. So I wouldn't want a, you know, a burned up wrench landing on my house. But. <laughs> yeah. Just how would you explain that to your insurance? Uh, NASA. <laughs> NASA. And then right. uh, one other shout out is there's a Texas A&M physics perce- professor. Yes. Who has gone viral. She does these great videos. I watched a couple of these. Professor Tatiana Erukimova. I hope I said that close. I apologize if I didn't. Uh, she does kind of like Bill Nye the Science Guy stuff. Like, hey, if I blow this hair dryer on this roll of toilet paper right here, which way do you think it's going to go, up or down? Well, it goes up mm-hmm. because of the Bernoulli effect. We're creating high-speed wind, which causes low pressure, which causes high pressure underneath to lift it. And, and it explains these things in a very easy way to go. Well, three, what was it, three months ago? A year ago, it was it was fairly recent. They reached a million subscribers on YouTube, and I just checked today; it's two point four million. So this thing is going like exponentially yeah. crazy. Uh, yeah. Good for her. I I I applaud people who are getting uh, kids or well, anybody involved uh, interested in science. Well, the couple of videos I did go look at, yeah, you can you can feel her enthusiasm and I think it makes its way through the video. And she uses simple everyday things like hair dryer, marshmallows. Yeah. 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 It's, it's pretty so she's, cool. No, she's great. Yeah. No, she, she's got, Hey, she has that Bill Nye kind of, you know, with, with this great 
uh, Eastern European or Russian accent, it it adds to right. the character. I love it. Yeah. So go check it out. Tatiana Arabakova on uh, the Texas A&M channel. A lot of fun. Okay, question of the week before we disappear hey, for a few weeks. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, you got some time to think about this because we we'll be out for the next three weeks. We should post this before we go out. So that oh, people... I'll post it tomorrow when I okay. post uh, everything. Sorry. What movie name would be an awesome band name? 12 Angry Men. Escape from New York. <laughs> Lord Trump. of the Rings. Uh, wait a minute. Tropic Thunder. <laughs> Days of Thunder. <laughs> Days of Thunder. Rocky. Burn. How about Burn After Reading? Oh my gosh. The, the list. <laughs> this one should elicit. So if if we can just snap off a bunch of responses, I expect our audience will just be popping them off right left. I can't wait to see what Jack Mangan comes up with. Oh, uh, District Nine. That's a good band name. Yeah, there you go. Let's see. Mm, popular movie name. Star Wars. Barbie. <laughs> Star Wars. Uh, Casablanca. Oh, by the way. Forrest Gump. Clinton said he had a crystal skull there. If you were interested in looking at other artifacts. <laughs> Psycho. Maybe, uh, Psycho. That's a good name. That'd be a good band Psycho. name. Uh. Apocalypse Now. Fast and Furious 13. <laughs> 13. Um, Could you do... Answering. Everybody's, we'll, everybody's... We'll take derivatives, too. Because, you know, uh, like Lady Gaga got her name from Radio Gaga by Queen. So we'll, we'll take derivatives as well. If you've got a line from a movie that would make a good band name, we'll do that, too. Um, okay, let's see. What so movie instead name of calling or... your band Jaws, you might call it, we're going to need a bigger boat. There you go. Field of Dreams. Yeah, that's right. Top right. 500 movies of all time, not just Hollywood. Ooh. All right, so go again, for we'll it. Be out, we're going to be out on the 19th, <laughs> the 25th. Here's what? Number one, right at the top of this list. I don't know, it came from IMDb. This would be a great band name. From 1959, the movie is called The 400 Blows. <laughs> That's a great band name. The 400 Blows. Everybody be like, where did he get that name from? I don't know. They're great, though. <laughs> All right. So, again, we're just reminding everybody, we'll be out on the 19th, the 25th, and December 3rd. So, um, so stick around. You got time. We'll find this. Yeah. The Patreon people will be getting a small bill this month. Yeah, that's right. We appreciate it very much. Yes, very much so. Okie doke. That takes us to the end of the show. I think we need to play some music. That's it. Thank you very much, everybody. If you want to get in touch with us, call the listener line 707-530-2428. Where is it, Craig? Where is it? Bottom of the screen. And I'm pulling it up. Stay on target. 707-530-2428, or you can email us, technorama at chuckchat.com. We did have a voicemail from Kyle that I forgot to get in there. It's in oh, our, we it's did? In our no, inbox. I missed it. I'm yep, sorry. It's in our inbox. I got to get that. So we'll get that on the next show, which will be about Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> of 2024. It's, it's probably about <laughs> his favorite Halloween costume. <laughs> oh. I don't know what it's about. I missed that. I'm sorry. Oh, I missed it too. It's not your fault. 
Okay. Till next time, tell a friend about Technorama. They'll look at you funny, but it's worth it. Yeah. And as always, Craig, give me a binary high five. All right. One, zero, one. Thanks, everybody.